Greetings from the magical world of podcasts. I'm Dr. Rob, and this is the House Call Doctor's Quick and Dirty Tips for Taking Charge of Your Health. Okay, it's time to cover the ears. No, don't cover your ears. Since this is an audio podcast, I strongly suggest that you leave your ears uncovered while I cover, while I talk about them. On a previous podcast, I talked about swimmer's ear, and today I'll discuss the middle ear. You know, the part of the ear that gets infected a lot in little kids. And how many times do I have to tell you that this podcast is for informational purposes only? My goal is to add to your medical knowledge and translate some of the weird medical stuff you hear so that when you do go to your doctor, your visits will be more fruitful. I don't intend to replace your doctor. He or she is the one. You should always consult about your own medical condition. Some of my astute listeners out there are probably thinking, Dr. Rob, didn't you say middle ear infection? I thought it was an inner ear infection that my kids got all the time. Well, I'm not mistaken. I did say middle ear infection. There are three sections of the ear, external, middle, and inner. The external ear is everything on the outside of the eardrum. Some people have a more generous supply of external ear than others. The middle ear is the space behind the eardrum that amplifies its vibrations and transmits them to the inner ear. The inner ear then takes those vibrations and sends them to your brain so that you can perceive sound. Middle ear is actually quite a bit like Middle Earth, except that it doesn't have a th at the end. It's a magical place. The condition of the middle ear is key to hearing well. To transmit sound to the inner ear, the eardrum must vibrate, and one of the keys to getting normal vibration is for the pressure to be equal on both sides of the eardrum. To equalize the pressure, the body uses a little tube called the eustachian tube which connects the middle ear to the back parts of the nasal passages. Yawning or chewing makes the eustachian tube open up, which is why you can make your ears pop when you do those things. If you've ever been on an airplane, you've probably noticed that your ears feel funny during takeoff and landing. Sometimes they even hurt. This is because the cabin pressure changes, which decreases the ability of your eardrum to vibrate. If you look around the cabin, you'll notice everyone yawning or chewing gum. This is basically a eustachian tube festival. Yippee! Viruses and allergens can make your nose congested by causing the nasal walls to be swollen. The eustachian tube connects directly to the back of the nasal passages, and so its walls get swollen as well, and then they get plugged. That's why a head cold can make everything sound muffled. That's your eustachian tube getting plugged, making it harder for your eardrum to vibrate. That also happens because mucus builds up in the middle ear, since it can't escape out of the eustachian tube. Okay, loyal listeners, let's see if you paid attention during the antibiotic podcast. What happens when mucus is sitting around in a warm, dark place like your middle ear? Very good. Bacteria grow, resulting in the dreaded middle ear infection. These bacteria multiply, causing inflammation and pressure inside the ear, with the end result, pain. So, why do babies and young children get so many middle ear infection? There are several reasons for this. The first is that babies' heads are shaped differently, making it harder for their eustachian tubes to drain. This is made worse by the fact that babies spend a lot of their time lying down. Another reason is that they get sick a lot. Babies' bodies are getting used to a world full of germs and learning how to fight them off. Some are better at it than others. The final reason is reflux, or spit-up. Babies do this a lot, and even when it's not coming out of the mouth and landing on innocent bystanders, it's often happening at the back of their throats and hitting the eustachian tubes. 
and scientists have actually found stomach enzymes in the middle ear fluid of young children with ear infection. That's probably a major reason some babies get more ear infections than others. So, how are middle ear infections treated? If you ask any person, or doctor for that matter, they'll say that they're treated with antibiotics. But my faithful listener should know better, remembering from the antibiotic podcast that a significant percentage of ear infections will actually clear up without antibiotics. If I find an ear infection on a routine physical exam of a child who's not sick, I usually don't treat it. But if a child, or adult for that matter, has significant pain and or fever with it, the standard of care is still to use an oral antibiotic. Unfortunately, some people get lots of ear infections requiring repeated use of antibiotics. Need I remind you that this can cause evil mutant armies of resistant bacteria to emerge? So, for people with repeated ear infections, ear tubes may be good to consider. These tubes go through the eardrum and do the job of the eustachian tubes, equalizing the pressure and allowing fluid to drain out to the middle ear. These tubes go through the eardrum and do the job of the eustachian tubes, equalizing the pressure and allowing fluid to drain back out of the middle ear. Two of my kids got tubes. Believe me, they work incredibly well. And they have the added benefit of decreasing the use of antibiotics because they greatly reduce the number of middle ear infections. Now, I remember watching an episode of Tarzan when I was a kid. He went too deep in the water when doing something like wrestling a hippo, and he ruptured his eardrums. Blood came out of his ears. I was traumatized. I thought he'd never hear again short of a miracle. I'm still recovering from that trauma. Well, the good news for Tarzan, and me for that matter, is that ruptured eardrums are usually no big deal. Sometimes the pressure produced by an ear infection causes eardrums to rupture. This is kind of like the body making its own tubes and allowing infected fluid to drain out of the ear. The relief of the pressure can actually take the pain away. So a good clue that an eardrum has ruptured is the sudden relief of pain along with ear drainage. You may want to see your doctor if this happens, but it's certainly nothing to panic about. I need to mention that traumatically rupturing eardrum is more serious than a pressure-induced rupture because it can damage the little bones in your ear. Don't stick things in your ears. I could quote the common admonition, never stick anything sharper than your elbow in your ear, but I don't want anyone hurting their shoulders trying to do it. So, here are my quick and dirty tips regarding middle ear infections. Tip number one, it's okay to wait. If you or your child is not in bad pain or running a fever, it's okay to let ear infections go. Many will get better without antibiotics. Tip number two, use over-the-counter pain relievers for the pain. You can also use pain relief eardrops, but don't use them if you suspect a perforation or if your child has tubes. Tip number three, don't demand antibiotics. Again, overuse of antibiotics is often much more dangerous than infection. And tip number four, for repeated infections requiring multiple antibiotics, ask if ear tubes are appropriate. That pretty much wraps up middle ear infections. And if you have topics you want me to cover, send them to housecalldoctor at quickanddirtytips or call area code 206-337-5895. You can follow me on Twitter at housecalldoc and join the party at my Facebook page where I answer listener questions, talk in more depth about podcast topics, and generally have a raucous time. And feel free to visit my blog, Musings of a Distractible Mind, at distractable.org. Catch you next time. 
stay healthy. 